0: Jerry, good morning. Sorry about that. We are uh, operating out of a tin can this morning, but thank you for being with us.
1: No, I'm glad to do it. All right.
0: Thank you. Uh, it's opening day. How ready are you to get this season started, even if you have to wait another day to do so?
1: It's a bummer to have to wait the extra day. But, you know, looking out my window in Minneapolis right now, it's a little wet. and We're starting to see flurries. So fingers crossed tomorrow and and uh, couldn't be more excited. This is This is a season I think we're all looking forward to.
0: What's your favorite thing about this roster? Uh, I, I think that my
1: favorite thing is the depth, and I and I know Scott has touched on it. I've mentioned it. This is the deepest, most complete roster we've had in in the years since we've been here. And you know, the, the lineup we feel one through nine. We we have versatility. We have power. We have some speed. We have some youth. We have some experience. Uh, the rotation, while we have some young guys that we have to see how they respond again. It's about as complete a rotation as we've had in the years that, that we've been here. And, and the bullpen is is diverse and last coming off a really good season last year. And we've added some, uh, some new elements that we think can really help. So it's a, it's a fun team.
0: I, I look at the team last year, you guys scored just under 700 runs in total, right? That's 697 runs. I, I think anyone who looks at the lineup says that it is deeper, that it does look better overall I don't know whether you put numbers like that together when you project a season, but if the team scored 700 last year, what is this lineup capable of scoring?
1: You know, we don't really look at it that way. Uh, But I would venture to say that if we scored 700 last year, it felt like 650 of them were in the 8th or ninth (laughs) inning. No no kidding. (laughs) It was the way our season went. This year, we just feel like our ability to, to apply constant pressure with good at bat after good at bat. Last year, maybe the biggest flaw in our lineup was just the inability to consistently make contact. And, you know, we've done, gone a long way toward, I think, improving that with the additions of guys like Adam Frazier and Jesse Winker and what they do up and down our lineups. And uh, this is, it, it really just changes the dynamic, a full season of Abraham Toro, who's also contact oriented. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're more inclined to make contact. And I think when you make more contact, it results in, in, you know, a more enjoyable game and more pressure because we have good hitters.
0: What are you nervous about as you head into the season?
1: Uh, I think like 30 other clubs, we're nervous about injury, you know, the potential of losing your, your better players to injury and, you know, the, the ability to backfill those spots, it's never easy. So, you know, we know it's going to come and bite you at some point during the season. We we just hope it's it's mild. That's the biggest concern.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I was going just kind of thinking about last year, and and I had forgotten that James Paxson even actually made that first start of the year for the team. In my memory, he had gotten hurt in spring training, but it, it was at this point last year, you still thought you had James Paxton I wonder how different life would have been with him last year.
1: You know, I I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know that that my fingers are crossed that we don't experience something similar this year. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah, you know, we the the injuries are always the, the what gets you the most, and and while everybody is going to to have to tap into the depth in their system, one of our of our off season I guess focuses was making sure that the next layer was just better prepared than it has been in, in years past. And and I think just simply by what we added at the top of our roster with Robbie Ray, with Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez, with Adam Frazier, with Sergio Romo, Ken Giles, Andres Munoz joining – full-time it just it creates a more robust next layer when the injuries eventually happen like a couple have in our bullpen and i think we're we're better prepared to deal with it
0: well and it's funny the the other name that returns he's going to be in the minors to start the year though is is nick margavichis and when you start thinking about some of that depth you know losing him early in the year didn't help much either how much does getting a guy like him back and then maybe having uh, a couple of other young players in the minor leagues being ready to go in your rotation
1: it's huge, you know. Last year, all of, I think in the first half of the season, we we lost Mark, we we lost Justice Sheffield to injury, we lost Justin Dunn, we we just we lost all of the depth, and you know if you think back to where we were a year ago. You know, uh, our third, fourth starters in last year's rotation were guys like Justin Dunn and, and Justice Sheffield. And now, you know, those guys are opening up in our pen or, or no longer on our club. Mm-hmm. And and we think it's because we're continuing to evolve and get better. And and Mar is a really valuable guy to us in that he can both start, he can relieve, now healthy. He's throwing harder than he's ever thrown, which is an exciting thing. And, and if we can build his innings up and, and get him – uh, to the point that he's ready to contribute with our major league club it, it, hopefully it's not too soon because that meant something went wrong yeah it, it, get, it does give you a really good extra layer
0: jerry depoto uh joining me here in the mike salk show seattle sports on 710 how many times have you watched the video of julio finding out he was getting the call
1: that was amazing i, I actually my wife and i tammy we were driving back from from phoenix to seattle and and the uh, our our social media team sent it to me, and I, I watched it. And she said, "Are you sad you're not there?" And I said, "Sure, <laughs> you know it's a that's one of those big moments that that you know every player dreams of." And I was fortunate enough to be there with Matt Brash, you know. But it's a little different because Matt had been in the big leagues for for the final week last year to find out you've made your first major league team to, to get the call, so to speak. It's just, it's something you never forget. You know, I still remember when I got that call, I'm sure every player who's ever experienced it will always remember it. And, you know we're able to do it maybe a little more flamboyantly now than we used to, and I think it's a really cool thing. Well, I wonder.
0: Uh, sorry, I missed it. Well, I wonder what percentage of players uh, get called up midseason for the first time versus making the club out of spring training. Because you know, generally, it's a A manager, right, or a double A manager who gives them the news. This is not rare, but maybe slightly less common that it's actually the major league manager who gets to tell them in the spring.
1: Very, very uncommon. And, you know, I would say that the vast majority are experienced by, by major league or minor league staff members informing you that you're going to the big leagues. You know, or receiving a phone call in the middle of the night <laughs> from some type of front office person <laughs> and, uh, and or a staff member telling you to get your stuff together. It's time to go. But it's, uh, it's, it's it, this is such a fun thing for such a fun player who really, you know, it represents so many of the things that we've been doing over these last three or four years. And, and I, and I think it, it, it really sends a message that it's time for us to take that next step.
0: What convinced you, what, what, when did you make the decision and just say, you know what, this guy's ready, let's go.
1: You know, honestly, we went into spring training. You could probably hear from my, my tone that, that we went into spring training with some idea that this was likely to be the outcome just based on the work that he put in, in the off season the, the general tool set that he has and believing in the maturity the of the person you know who's just a, a really mature kid and and he has a is a great way about him and then when he went out and did what he did on the field, that just you know it really cemented the decision and and I would say it was about you know ten days two weeks ago where he said all right he's on the club there's there's really nothing he could do to play himself off outside of you know experience and injury so uh, it's this has been a kind of a, a foregone conclusion for us for a little while, and, and we're very excited to see where it goes.
0: It was such a remarkable way that he, he kind of wrapped it all up, though. I mean, he had that learning day, right, as Scott called it, and then his next time out there, he has the inside the park home run, which – might be, we were saying yesterday, it might be the most memorable spring training moment that, like, any of us have experienced. Because usually, you forget about everything that happened in spring training. I don't think I'm going to forget about Julio racing around the bases. And the fact that it erased such a lousy day the day before Andy as a, an assist in that game, it, it, you just got to look at it and be like, man, this guy's got the entire package.
1: I was, and, and if I'm remembering correctly, and I agree with you on remembering that moment in, in spring training, which is Generally filled with a lot of things you're going to forget. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's a, I like, I can remember back to the mid nineties and, you know, Kevin Roberson hitting 10 homers in a spring with us in the, yeah, you know, it's things happen in spring training and, and then they're almost like a tree that falls in the woods. But when you have, you know, special players, which we think Julio is and, and they have that moment and, and, and at 21 years old, after having that learning day to come out, to hit an in the park homer to electrify the crowd. I think that game we scored three runs. He scored all three. He he made the outfield assist. You know, Scott and I talked about it afterward. How many players have we had through the years that that have the the, the sense or the awareness to play that ball perfectly off the wall, turn and make the throw accurately? And uh, there just haven't been very many. <laughs> so. You know, to have such a to have such a gifted young player who comes out and responds immediately after getting punched in the nose, I, I thought was terrific, and really, again, just it, it exemplifies who Julio is as, yeah. a,
0: as a person. I love that word, joy. Scott brought it up and talking about him. You can really feel the joy emanating from him when you're around him, or even just watching him on TV. Um, the other part that you know you almost can't mention Julio without talking about Jared. What what do you think the effect is on him of a lot of the attention, et cetera, that has been on Julio Rodriguez? What what effect does that have on Jared Kelnick?
1: Uh, it's probably two ways. You know, I, I think it's probably you know Jared having come through the ranks for the most part with Julio. You know, they they started at West Virginia together back in 2019. They've shared a lot of their moments together. Uh, obviously, last year they took divergent paths, and, and and J.K. showed up in the big leagues, and and Julio stopped at multiple levels, including the Olympics. But you know, Jared came in last year with so much scrutiny, and you know everybody's watching. And obviously, it didn't go the way he wanted, but he finished strong. He came into spring training in a good place. What I appreciate most about what happened, you know, Julio was celebrated from day one and Jared just went about his work in the background and continued to to do the things that I think are going to result in better results uh, for him and and we saw during that last week especially those last four or five games it really started to click for Jared and you know perhaps the the fact that there was such a great focus on Julio allowed Jared to relax a little bit and just go do his thing because he's also a special player and and to see him do what he did those last three games after it became obvious that Julio was on our club where we made that announcement, you now Jared took it to a different level, and, and hopefully that's a, a sign of things to come. I
0: would assume uh, that watching him, you were not only, you know, love seeing the power and everything else, but I, I, was, I was sort of reminded the way he hit those three home runs in three days, the first one to left center, the second one to more right center, the next one was pulled to right. I was thinking about watching some of the great hitters uh, take BP, and I used to sit and watch Manny Ramirez do this every day. And he'd start by hitting the other way, hitting home runs to right, home run to right center, home run to center. And he'd just work his way around the world like a like a basketball player. I always thought it was the most incredible thing that I'd ever seen. And seeing Kelnick kind of, do you think getting that stroke going to left center allows him to start doing everything else that he's capable of?
1: Absolutely, and it's something he was doing from the very first day in spring training and and it would have been so easy for him in the early going you know during the game schedule when he wasn't finding hits over there. It would have been so easy to just abandon it and try to start pulling again, but so much of his off season was spent on just being easy with his stroke, focusing on left center field and and you look at the first half of our spring training game schedule and almost all of the hits that Jared got in games were all from center to left field mm. and, you know, which is not really what we saw last year. And as I say I admire, you know, it's not like Jared is a long in the tooth veteran. <laughs> I admired his, his, his focus on sticking with what he knew was going to work and, and ultimately it led to what I think, you know, leaving spring training is this is what Jared Kelnick looks like. And I'm pretty excited to see what, what happens over the course of a full season.
0: Hey, Jerry, you guys had to make a decision on uh, the final couple spots on the roster uh, earlier in the week. I mean, from here, it looked like you were able to choose two out of three, a third catcher, a tenth reliever, or sort of an extra center fielder. How how did you go about making that decision?
1: Well, it actually was pretty easy for us. I think with the short spring training, the the wise move for us was to carry as many pitchers as as we thought we would use. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, it's uh there are a lot of guys uh, sitting down in that bullpen to start the season. You know, 10 relievers is on the surface a lot, but, you know, our, our pitchers really aren't built up in terms of pitch count the way they would be in a normal season. And especially for us starting in cold weather, you know, we go from Minnesota to Chicago, you know, back to April in Seattle. It's it's not the warm weather that's conducive to to really digging in and, and grinding through a hundred pitches and you know preparing yourself for the long grind. So being able to to sub in from our bullpen with guys that we trust was an easy choice, and we always intended on carrying the three catchers. You know it's a there we think the combination works for us. You know the combo with with LT being able to you know, both catch and DH. He made huge strides as a catcher. Uh, this spring and you know we really want to see Cal take that next step and the intangibles that Murph brings they all play a part on our team mm-hmm. and you know in a 26-man roster it makes sense for us and the extra center fielder as much as we were thrilled with some of the things that Billy Hamilton could do uh, and most notably Billy uh, we have a, we have a quartet of outfielders with versatility that that It just allows us to carry, you know, the Toro can go play the outfield. Dylan Moore can go play the outfield. J.K. and Julio can play all three spots. And then you've got Winker and Hanny. You know, and you split in the DH days, and there really wasn't an opportunity. We're looking at what role that extra outfielder could play, and the the role would be to watch everybody else, frankly. And, you know, we thought it was, it was more prudent to take a pitcher with us. Uh,
0: a player that I'm guilty of not having talked nearly enough about, and so I wanted to ask you about him, kind of what he brings to the table, is Adam Frazier um i feel like he's flown very much under the radar it was a deal you made before the lockout rather than after um tell me what he brings to the table and, and why he was so important for you guys
1: you know i i championship teams have adam frazier's and you know he is he is a constant on base threat you know you say fly under the radar his career has mostly flown under the radar. He's he has been a really good major league player now in his sixth season, and it's, he has been a consistent on base threat. He doesn't have the big gaudy power that usually gets you noticed or, or identified as a star. But this guy's been among the most consistent bat ball hitters in the in the league over the course of his time. He has been an above average on base threat from day one as a big leaguer. He brings a little versatility. You know, he can play second. He's played some thirds, some left field. You know, he's a, he's a smart base runner. He just has those baseball instincts that really make teams go. And. You know, sitting at the top of a lineup, stirring on base, creating opportunity, and it allows everybody else to hit in a spot that's can, that allows them to be excellent in their spot. You know, there's – well, J.P. Crawford dropped down in the lineup gives you another on-base advantage lower in your lineup. Dropping guys like Winker and Haniger or Ty France down a little bit in the lineup allows them to be more run producer than run scorer. And, you know, that's a, that's a really positive impact. Is to have that one guy that's always there.
0: Uh, last week we talked about putting second base where it belongs instead of uh, because it's been moved too far towards center field. Uh, this week it's apparently sign stealing devices. Do you know about these? The the catchers and pitchers are going to wear in order to combat sign stealing. Is this something we should expect from the Mariners? Yeah,
1: I think some of our guys will use it. Others may not. You know, it's called pitchcom and it's a, like the NFL. You know, like the the the. The audio that you'll hear in a helmet as the quarterback, where plays are relayed in, and, and uh, you know, you get information from the sideline. This won't be coming from the sideline, but it, it is a an audio system that connects the pitcher and the catcher. So it, it takes the, the potential for science dealing out of the equation because you don't have to you know put the numbers down with the fingers anymore if you choose not to, you know, or you can just do that to create deception and communicate through the year. So. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what it does. I know a number of our guys really liked it mm. and we, you know we'll see where it goes and and uh, I do think it's going to start permeating through the league and before long you'll look up and everybody's going to be
0: using it. Do you like it?
1: It's, it's simple and
0: yeah, I do. You think it's a good thing for baseball?
1: Uh, I think it's a great thing for baseball and it's since we have the technology we may as well use it.
0: Mm. It's so funny. I, 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 part of me agrees, and then part of me is like, I don't know. I kind of like seeing the catcher down there laying out all the signs and sort of the additional challenge, the mental challenge that comes with trying to memorize all that and everything that has to be running through a pitcher's head. Part of me thinks that's like part of the challenge of the game.
1: And I think you know, if you want to get romantic about it, you know, <laughs> I'll think back to you know the natural,
0: <laughs> you know, with the
1: the guy throwing down the signs intently, you know, one two. Uh, I can't tell you, you know, how many times during the course of of my playing career that you have to call the catcher back out and say, All right, "Which time is it?" <laughs> so, yeah, this one just makes it easier, and you know, the, the communication between pitcher and catcher, and frankly, a lot of the drama that we've experienced as an industry over the course of the last, you know, five or six years, it, it just gets eliminated, yeah. and now we can just go play baseball.
0: Well, let's do that. Let's go play baseball. Not today, unfortunately, because as you said, it's uh, a little rainy there. But let's do it tomorrow. Will we see Julio in the opening day lineup? Is that the expectation? He's playing center field tomorrow?
1: Oh, yeah. That was the plan. (laughs) We, We didn't bring him here to watch everybody else.
0: Well, that sounds great I think that I think that is going to be the we just talked for 20 something minutes and that'll be the only thing anybody takes out of this conversation but Jerry <laughs> I appreciate it uh, best of luck on a season that we're all really looking forward to here in Seattle we did a little giveaway uh, the other day where we were having people say Julio's name in various ways and the the great thing about it was everybody calling up and being like I don't care if I win the tickets I just want you to know I'm excited about the season so you got a lot of really excited fans here in Seattle and looking forward to, uh, to getting it going tomorrow
1: no less excited than we are really glad to get rolling awesome
0: all right jerry thank you we'll talk next week